You are listening to How Does She Do It? Episode 141. Welcome to the ride. Thank you for listening to another episode of How Does She Do It? My name is Tiffany and I am your host. And through this podcast and my coaching, I help you own your story, live fueled by faith, and elevate your impact in your career and in your calling. If this is your first time listening, welcome. If this is your third, fourth, fifth, or 141st time listening, welcome back. We are happy to have you. It has been a little bit since my last episode, but I want to let you know I'm here, still around, still moving and shaking, just really taking somewhat of a summer break as I transition into a new role at work that I will tell you more about in a future episode. But for now, I want to get straight into my conversation with Crystal Evans Hurst. Crystal Evans Hurst is a, an author, a speaker. She is a, um, someone who I admire for many, many different reasons, but she is a self-described encourager who teaches people to love God, to love others, and love themselves. And this conversation in today's episode is about the power of prayer and a about a book that Crystal is releasing that will be released on September 1st that is called The 28-Day Prayer Journey. And when I tell you this journey, this book, this guide is awesome. It is super powerful. I've had an opportunity to walk through it myself. I'm going to walk through it again, and I'm actually thinking of creating an experience for us to go through together as listeners of the podcast. So what I encourage you to do is, is the first thing. I encourage you to go to wherever you purchase your books to purchase and pre-order this book if it's before September 1st when you're listening to this book, or to order it after September 1st if you are listening to it after then. The advantages of pre-ordering means that you get additional prayer prompts that go beyond what are offered in the book. You also get Crystal reading some of those prayer prompts and some other goodies that come with this experience. So if you go to crystalevanshurst.com slash pray, you will be able to pre-order and, and support the book that way. As you listen to this conversation, I want to highlight a few things that I thought were really powerful in the discussion and just to preview some of the topics that we cover. We talk about the importance of getting used to new rhythms. And I will say this conversation was recorded earlier in the summer, but so much of what we discussed still applies because we are still living inside of the quarantine, social distancing, pandemic COVID-19 world that we are in. Um, we are also talking about the importance of slowing down and really recognizing the shift in energy that you need to do when you're introducing new patterns in your life. We're talking about prayer being a decision. And I never really thought about prayer being a decision in the way that we decide to make room for other things. We talk about that. And we also talk about barriers to healthy prayer and what that looks like. And I will say the barriers that we think are keeping us from having a healthy prayer life are not necessarily what we talk about here. So I think you'll really find some good insight in that conversation. So without further ado, please enjoy this conversation between me and Crystal Evans Hurst, podcaster, author, speaker, daughter, mother, wife, 
awesome Christian mentor of mine in my, you know, from a distance, so to speak, and past guest of How Does She Do It, actually. So I hope that you enjoy this conversation and I'll get with you on the other side. Crystal, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of How Does She Do It? How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. I'm so happy you're here. So before we get started, you were last on episode 46 of the podcast. So since then, I've released almost 100, over 130 episodes total. But between, so that was around 2017 for with the last release of your book of She's Still There. And so I want to hear how have you been since then? What are some things that have been happening in your life? And um, just catch us up a little bit about where you've been since 2017 and now. Well, um, mainly just living. I mean, I've got three boys at home still out of five kids. And so we do homeschool. So there's that. Um, I do speak. So there's been a lot of that, a lot of travel. Um, And then, of course, last year, um, we spent the bulk of the year focusing on caring for my mom. She passed away in December. And so, um, so that's been, you know, there was, there were two years of ripping and running and then one year of being still. Mm -hmm. And now, of course, now we're all still because of COVID-19 and, um, and all the things that are happening in our world. So just a lot of, a lot of living. I love, um, being at home. I love taking care of my family. Uh, I work at my church. I work um, with my parents with their, uh, with their national global ministry. So my, my hands are full. A book just adds a couple of things in. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And I first want to um, extend my condolences to you and your family and, and thank you all for the way that you, um, I feel like I learned so much in, in the way that you all shared that journey with us and still um, managed to take care of each other in that process. And so I, I want to first honor you, honor you all for that, honor you for that. And in, you mentioned that, you know, we are in this, we're in this pandemic, we're all home. You have been someone who works at home. Does it feel different now that we are in kind of COVID-19 as you tend to, as you work from home and as the, been the COO of your, of your household, as you say? Um, it's just, I mean, it's, it's, it's been good and not so good. Good because even though I'm at home, there's always a lot of ripping and running. So it's been good to actually be home. And as somebody who's at home a lot with kids, I'm focused on doing, 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 because I got to get everything done before I get on a plane on Thursday or Friday morning. And then I'm trying to recover from all that and Sunday church on Monday. So to be still, um, has been good. Um, the, the hard part about that is just that we, um, you know, even though we're used to being in home, the, the reality is, is you, it, you know, it, it's thrown off all your rhythms, you know? And so, um, while the kids are home, like, it's like, it's a free for all with the video games. And I'm like, nope. But then they're like, what else do I do? I'm like, figure it out, you know? And so now we're getting into the summer months and so it's getting too hot. So, you know, things that we would do going to the science museum or, you know, jumping in a pool, even though the pools are open, we're not jumping in them. You know I mean? It's just, just all those normal things you're, you're rewiring and reworking those. And I don't think we give enough credence to how much energy it takes 
to redo things because there are so many things we do on automatic that we don't think about. Then anytime you have to think about these things, it requires energy. So while things have slowed down, there's a increase in the amount of energy. I mean, just cooking. Like, you know, we've we've gone out a couple of times, but we're cooking and we're, we're at home, but we may eat out some. We're eating out a lot less. So if you are not used to cooking that much, then that's a rhythm changer. And it's an energy sucker because now you got to figure out what it is. So just finding those rhythms, it's been good, but at the same time, uh, a little bit of a challenge to expend the energy that I'm not used to expending. Um, you know, and then we're all at home together. So, but my husband isn't always at home. So now we have to live and work together in a different way. So just those dynamics of learning to do things differently and the energy that that takes overall, all good. But, you know, change is always change and it requires energy to do so. Absolutely. And I appreciate as as someone who lives alone, even the idea of when I like even tonight, I'm like, what do I want to eat for dinner tonight? I don't feel like thinking about what I have to eat for dinner. <laughs> just, just the energy. It's just exhausting even just doing that. So adding all of the dynamics of just living life, living a busy life, living a full life just just draws our energy. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because you recently did a, a live conversation on your for your Coffee with Crystal series that you have been doing since we have been um, home for a little, uh, the hashtag is a little QC and mm-hmm. um, a little quarantine content, which I think is, is amazing and so valuable. And you talked about energy and you talked about emotional self-care. And when I listened to that, I was like, she's talking directly to me because I needed to hear so much of that. But you mentioned paying attention to your rhythms, paying attention, knowing your, paying attention to your breath and honoring your limits. And mm-hmm. in thinking about your, your most recent book that's, that is being released soon, the 28 day prayer journey, how, how can we, or it, it really just made me think about how prayer can be a way to do and help with some of those things. So if you could talk a little bit about that conversation on emotional self-care and how getting into our prayer journey can help us begin to do that, some of that emotional self-care? Well, I think the reason why many of us don't pray is because we don't make room for it, make time for it. We're not slowing down enough to do it. We jump out of the bed, we wake up, we look at our phones. And before we've had a chance to talk to God, we know what's happening in the world because of social media or we're laughing at a cat. I mean, you know, it's just, there's there's all these things that get in the way and it means you have to be intentional about slowing down to say, hey, I'm going to make time to talk to somebody who I can't see about things that may or may not be pressing for me at the moment. It's just, I'm going to enter into that conversation. And so the reason why a lot of people struggle with prayers because there's not the rhythm for it. And so when it comes time to set our rhythms and set our boundaries with how we work each and every day, prayer is a decision. Just like people you know, decide to meditate or they decide to go for the walk for exercise or they decide to meal plan. You can stumble into dinner and then drive through somewhere or you can plan your meals for the week and say, I'm going to stop right now to decide what I'm going to do when I get to this certain day. And in the same way, you decide in advance. Three times this week, I'm going to work out. You, you're deciding where you're making room. And rhythms are basically things that you've decided to make room for. And the boundaries that you set are boundaries that are indicated around other things that could encroach into the day. Some people plug in their phones in the kitchen and they say, that's a boundary. Because when I wake up in the morning, I don't want to be tempted to open up my phone. I want to do other things first, whether that's take my time with my morning routine, reading the Bible, praying, reading the newspaper, whatever it is. And so that's a boundary. So boundaries that you set for your life make room for the rhythms and routines that you're that you're saying are more important for you, but that typically get eaten away really quick if there are no boundaries to keep other things at bay. That is. 
boundaries and setting the intention, setting the intention to, to decide, setting the boundaries and being intentional about making decisions and deciding to make room for prayer. And I, I think it is one of the things that as I went through and you outlined the tenets of prayer, right? You outlined, and if you would like to walk through what those are, I think it's really important for us to figure out, okay, well, if I haven't been doing this, how do I make the transition into doing this? And actually, if I, I, take, if I can take a step back, how did you come to decide to create this daily guide to helping, well, helping the rest of us get this right? Because <laughs> I was helping myself. That's why I was helping myself. I was like, if I tell the world, I will pray for 28 days straight and tell them I'll help them do it. Then for 28 days, I'll be thinking about prayer. It was um, you know, project um, produced by accountability basically, but I was not intending to write a book. But after doing that for 28 days, we had enough content. We had put it into a variety of formats. And then my publisher was like, you know, you had this book out. Um, Do you want to make it a book that we help you um, share and get out there? And I said, sure. But it started as just daily showing up, putting a post up on Instagram every day to say, hey, this is how you can pray. And this book, while it is outlined in three times a day, you've got three reminders a day to pray on three different tenets. When I did it online, it was five times a day. So we were like, well, maybe five, three times is enough, you know, in a book. But that was it. It was me showing up to write content that would help me to remember to connect to God every day and to encourage other people to do that in the process. That is awesome. So being able, doing something for yourself that now can bless the rest of the world. So thank you for, mm-hmm. for sharing this with us. Mm-hmm. So if you can walk through what those tenets of prayer are and, uh, and, and, then, and then we can kind of go into the journey from there. Mm-hmm. Well, pray is an acronym that stands stands for praise and thanksgiving, repentance, ask, yield. So praise and give thanks, repent, ask, and yield. And while I don't think that there's a formula for prayer that is such a high liturgy that you cannot deviate from that, certainly have, having certainly having those tenets to hang a peg on is helpful. And so when you think about the relationship that you would have with any person, if all you do is come to them and ask them for what you want, that is not a relationship. You're treating them like Santa Claus. Every relationship, in every relationship, a person wants to know what you think about them, how you feel about them, what they do good. They don't always want to be criticized or be questioned. And so that's what praise and thanksgiving is. Praise and giving thanks is simply saying to God, listen, you're a good person. I think you're the bee's knees. I think you're the bomb.com. And so let me tell you why. And if you did nothing else for me ever again, let me just say, I think you're cool. Giving thanks is, you have done some things, by the way, though. You did bring the sun up this morning. You did keep a roof over my head. You have answered prayer requests. There are things that you've given me that are a blessing. So let me say thank you. And again, relationally, that makes sense. Repent, again, that makes sense because in a relationship, if I've wronged somebody, we really can't get that far in our friendship. And so it's saying there are a couple of things that I know that I've done wrong that I need to say I'm sorry for. And just in case there are some things that I've done that I don't even know about, let me just say, you know, my job here is to just, you know, I I don't want to do anything that would ruin our relationship or that would ruin how you look in the world. So if I've done anything that represents you poorly, if I've done anything that I know has crossed the line, I'm sorry. Um, asking because he is God and he does own the cattle on a thousand hills. So why not? And there are some things it's like, you know, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. What are all the things? The things that are desires of your heart, the things that don't disagree with his word, but that do light a fire in you. The things that you desire 
both physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional. And since he has the capacity and the power to answer your requests by maneuvering things in time and history that you don't even know to answer requests uh, for prayers you have not even prayed. Why not ask? If your asking is what unlocks your seeking, um, it says to ask whatever you want, it shall be given to you. So why not ask? Um, And then yielding, because maybe what you ask for and the timing that you want it in isn't what he wants for you or isn't what he wants to you for right now. And so it is just being humble and saying, listen, you are who you are. I'm going to give you credit for that. I'm going to give thanks because I'm not going to come to you grumbling and complaining. I am going to say I'm sorry for the things that I've done because I don't want to screw up our relationship. I'm going to ask for what I want because you told me to. And then yielding says, but you know what? Because you're God, it kind of circles back around and you know things I don't. I want to operate in the way that this makes sense. So you can say yes when you want. You can say yes how you want. And then I want to let you know that I'm surrendering to what you want to do in and through me, despite what I think I want. I'm willing to go your way because Mm. you're God. And so when you acknowledge that, when you say, hey, you know, listen, I think about my husband a lot when I'm having this conversation. All men um, work very all people work well by giving them praise, but men especially stroking that ego is super helpful. And when I'm coming to him and I say, "Listen, you are the bee's knees. You are awesome. You're great. I'm so glad I married you. All these different things. Thank you for how hard you work. Thank you for how uh, much you, how good of a job you do providing for our family. I'm really grateful for how you, you know, take care of me and you see me and all these things. I'm sorry because by the way, I know yesterday I kind of let you have it with my words, and uh, you know, so this is the conversation that we're having. And so here's what I would really love. Can I just tell you some things that would really be helpful to me in this season? Can I tell you some things that I've been wanting to talk to you about? Okay, sure. But at the end of the conversation, I know I know your heart. I know that you work hard. I know that you're really um, considerate about all the things that us as a family that we need. And so I, you know, I, I've given you some things that I want you to do, but I know that you'll consider them and uh, make the best decision. And so just keep me posted. (laughs) You know, it's just kind of this way to communicate. And it makes sense when you put it in real terminology with real people. Um, And of course, God is different than people. He's different than us. But I think just putting in that frame of mind helps you to see, okay, this is a way to communicate. That makes sense. Yeah, I I thank you so much for that breakdown. And I think what I love you walking through what it would be like if you were having this conversation with your husband, because again, it really helps kind of make it more tangible. And I think what is is so powerful about when in, in walking through the way that you prompt on each one of those things and how, you know, in in thinking through it, it's like I didn't I didn't know that I could pray in this way right? I didn't know I could pray this much and have this kind of varied conversation because I feel like growing up in faith over time, just like having the same conversation with somebody. So it's like, Hey, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Great to talk to you. It's like, this adds to a a way to have more deep and diverse conversations with Mm -hmm. our father in heaven. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. that that is so, so powerful Mm -hmm. as in when, when you were walking through that journey for yourself, how did you feel yourself? You change in that process? And how did your relationship with God change during that process? It just is really great to know that he's good for it. He's good for whatever conversation it is that you need to have. And that there's nothing that's off limits that I can just have a conversation. I mean, you think about dating that boy in high school and your family was like, are y'all still on the phone? Yes. Why? Because I just want to talk. You know, and I think the God of the universe has made it possible for us to have ongoing conversations with him. Why would we not take him up on that opportunity? And what are we missing out on by not hearing what he has to say? I mean, the truth of the matter is God is 
uh, all about hearing what we have to say, but he's also all about the things he wants to download to us. Of course, we do that by hiding his word in our heart. And that's why there are scriptures in the book throughout um, to help you to think about how God may think about a matter. The Bible says his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. And when you hide God's word in your heart and then you sit and listen, during those times, prayer is a two-way conversation. You might be surprised at some of the questions that you've been asking. He has answers for. You just haven't shut up long enough to get them. Ooh, okay. <laughs> so, so that so you touched on a few things there. One of the things I have to say that in going through and in looking at the ask and the yield aspect of uh, those tenants, those are where I felt most convicted. And you mentioned one of the things, like, why would we not take God up on the offer to have and engage in this dialogue with him in that way? What are some things that you think, besides time, what are some things that you think keep us from, and I think particularly women, if there are things that might be specific to women or men, that keep us from asking and just pouring our heart out to him and then getting to the piece about yielding to say, okay, I've asked you for these things, but if it's not in your will, what are some things that block us from being able to do that? Well, anything that I could say, it boils down to trust. It boils down to trust. We think that if we don't ask, if we ask for it, uh, we're afraid to ask for it because maybe we'll be disappointed. So we don't trust that he might come through if it's actually good for us. Or we don't want to yield because if I say I'm okay, if you don't do it, then you might not do it. Well, it's trust again, that will he actually give it to me if it's not good for me? And will he withhold it from me if it is? The Bible says that God is a good father who gives good gifts to his children. So when you take fear out and you replace it with love and you say this God who sent his only begotten son, John three sixteen says, to, to the benefit of the whole world, would he actually withhold anything that's good from me? No. So should I ask for it if I want it and trust him that he can give it to me and that he won't disappoint me unless he's actually saying no now because he's saying yes to something else? Mm. Yeah, we can trust him. Can I trust him that if I yield and say, okay, God, if you don't give it to me, I'll be okay. But he's not going to take us up on that. And this really has to go back to this idea of trusting God. That he, is he this God is out in the sky waiting to zap you and any opportunity you give him to do it, he'll do it. First of all, if God was going to zap you, he doesn't need your permission to do it. That's the first thing. So I just say, go out there all on a limb, just lay it all on the line and trust that he's a good father who wants to do good things and give good gifts to his children. And you can ask, knowing that if it is good, uh, he will do it. And if it's not good, that he can, Romans 8, 28, cause all things to work together for the good of those who love God. Mm. Trust, trust, trust. That is in my own journey. And I, and I know that a lot of my l- listeners will agree because people have hurt us because right. people have stood in the way of, um, you know, and like one of the things that I, in, in looking through when we, when you get to the portions of praying for your church, praying for your pastor, praying for your community, Sometimes in our lives, it is those very people who have maybe introduced us to our relationship with God that have caused us to have trust issues that Mm -hmm. then impact the way that we relate to to God in heaven. And so how do we build that trust as we're like kind of forging our way through it? It's like, I know I'm not quite there yet. Is it okay not to be there yet and like work our way through it? Or do we feel like we have to have it all as we're bringing it to, to the altar, so to speak? Yeah, well, I think that's the whole that's the whole thing. You're assuming that God is like people, and that is the biggest disconnect. God is not like people. 
Uh, if you pray to him, he's not going to say, I'm so sorry, I'm on the other line. God is not like people. He's not going to, you're not going to reach out to him and then just not hear from him for three or four days at all. Because every day, if you look in creation alone for God, he's showing up. God is not like people. He's not going to intentionally be hurtful, intentionally withhold, or intentionally do uh, not do good to us. Now, we live in a broken and fallen world, and there's a lot of broken things that are in this world, but the reality is he's not doing that to you. So it, you have to say, God is not like people, which circles us back to knowing the word. You have to know who God is based on what he says he is and what he can do. And then you have to have faith, which is why uh, Hebrews 11 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God, uh, because he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him and you have to come to him believing that he is who he says he is. So it does take faith, but we already knew that. (laughs) And so you just have to say, am I believing this about God or am I acting this way in my relationship with God based on what I believe about God or what I've experienced with people? And then when you realize that people are tripping you up, then you have to say, if I believe this to be true about God, what would I do differently? And then do that. (laughs) Listen, I can't wait to go back and listen to this because what you just said, is it people or is it God? And am I believe? am I acting this way because of what people have done to me or because of what a God has done to me? And when you ask that question, it's like, why am I even tripping on God? Like, cause it's, he does, he does not treat me like people. And it brings you right back to where, to where you need to be. I, uh, this, this is so good. So in thinking about this, as of this recording, um, this is we're recording this conversation in June. And, you know, I, if, if let's say I'm someone who has been struggling in the middle of this, in, we're in the middle of this pandemic. I'd like to say we're in June 2020, but it feels like there have been three different parts of 2020 so far, right? There's pre-COVID, there's COVID, and then there's post-racial, like American consciousness arising in the middle of the pandemic 2020, right? Mm -hmm. And if I have found I'm off my rhythm, I'm trying to get, get myself back to what the peace that I had when everything before the civil unrest and all that stuff started, what are some things that I can do now to prepare myself to really take advantage of how to walk through this type of journey, this prayer journey well? Well, I think the thing is just um, (laughs) when you find yourself in a space where you have time to think, when you find yourself in a space where there's a high need, when you find yourself in a space where you're just appreciating something normal, when you find yourself in a space where there's a person you've reached out to who is not available. In those empty spaces, God is there. So when you remember that Crystal said, when you find yourself admiring something in creation, you notice a beautiful sunset and you find yourself saying, look at that sunset. Bring God into that conversation. Wow, God, thank you for the beauty that you've given on this earth for us to enjoy. When you find yourself reaching out to talk to a friend and they didn't pick up the phone and you're frustrated, then say, okay, God is in this moment. Maybe, God, the reason why she's not available now is because you wanted me to come to you first. So let me just download what's going on with me. You know, maybe it's a moment where um, you find yourself just with room to think. And in that space, God, what do you think? Um, In the car, that's a good time not to turn on the radio. Live with your thoughts and then communicate those thoughts to God. So I think we have to start with noticing the moments that we can talk to God. And if you weren't noticing them before now, then this is what this podcast will do for you. Open up your eyes to see all the moments when you could talk to God that you have not been. Yeah. 
Oh, that's so good. I'm glad you said, I'm glad you brought up notice because that was a, that was a theme that I recognized it in throughout going through the book and going through the guide. And even in the way, like in, in the conversations that you have with your community and on your podcast, you talk very much about what we get to do and how we get to choose and how we get to show up. And I think choosing to notice is a part of that. But if you have don't, if you don't have that muscle, so to speak, because I feel like self-awareness and noticing is a muscle that in the way that it if is. I can't lift and, and, you know, and, uh, I'm trying to do a motion of a barbell <laughs> of, of doing a barbell curl. If I can't start with, I can't start with 50 pounds trying to do that if I've never lifted five. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So how do we, we, we build up that muscle of, of noticing and that attitude of getting to choose the way that we move through um, our relationship and our, our days even. Well, that's the whole point of the book. It is the exercise. It says, here are some exercises for you to do. Here's the frequency with which you can do them. Here's the time frame with which you're going to take this deep dive. And after these 28 days, you should have built it. You should have built it. And that is the goal. Now, you don't need this book to do it. And there are a lot of other books to do it. But but before there was a book, there was the alarm on my watch that every hour I would have it just go off, little one little beep, my little Tomex, to just bring to my attention, oh, it's another hour has gone by. Another hour has gone by. Is there anything going on in my life right now that I could just talk to God about real quick? Because this idea of praying without ceasing. So we'll do that to remind ourselves to drink some water. You know what I mean? We'll do that to remind ourselves to, have you gotten in enough steps today? Well, why not do that? Set some kind of reminder to remind you just to talk to God. So this is a reminder, but it also has the content. <laughs> so the cool thing is, while I give you 28 days, in the back of the book, I also give you a 28-day, a 29 and beyond plan. So what do you do now? And then after that, I've got topical prayers to get you going if you need words. I mean, there's, there's just helps for you to say. I mean, I, I don't want to say, hey, lift this weight, learn how to do it. There you go. I want to say, here's what you can do. Here's how long you can do it. Here are the reps. And then before I release you from this program, here's how you can build your own program. Yeah. And that, that was such a gift because it's like you, it's like, okay, the 28 days are done, but now I have this, how do I do this? And you even have praise prompts, which I think is just so, it's just so awesome because I think again, the the value that so many people are going to get from this is that you are now opening, you're inviting people to open up the way that they envision their personal relationship with God. It's not, you're, you're not making it in order that it has to be done in this way, but it's like, here's the prompt, here's the way to get started. And then it, even in just the time that I've been able to walk through this, it's like open, it's almost like creating creativity in the way that you experience and interact, um, in, in conversation with God. So it's, it's, it's so helpful. It's so good. Um, it, one of the things that you mentioned is, um, is kind of, is walking people through the guide, but how do you, if someone is in is listening to this and they're getting they're looking forward to getting this book but they're in the middle of one of the hardest seasons of their life and i think we can all agree that life right now is is difficult on so many different levels besides you think financially besides being you know at home not being if you're an introvert not being able to recharge because everyone's all around you all the time missing your coworkers all of those things what how do how does prayer and how can prayer help us navigate the some of the darkest darkest times of of our lives well i think that it's knowing that you're not alone i think that the hardest part of those darkest times in your life are because you feel alone. You've never been there or you're you're you can't believe you're there again and you're just in the hospital room in the quiet late at night when your family has gone home 
and you're alone. And being able to navigate those times, knowing that you are never alone is key. That God not only is there, but he cares about the details and he can do something about those things that concern you. So for me, it's just knowing you haven't been there before, but God has. You can't believe you've been there. You're there in that situation again, but God is there too. And knowing that you can talk to him and express, especially in those dark seasons that involve a lot of pain, that you can express without judgment how you are experiencing that difficulty. And you necessarily can't do that with everybody without receiving judgment or pity or deaf ear or they're halfway listening. And so I think that when you know that God is there and you have his full attention, it changes the game. That is awesome. That is so awesome. If there is one thing that you would hope, um, in addition to to all of the, the gems that you have shared today, if there's one thing that you hope people will be able to take away from this walking through this journey or um or and, and physically engaging with the book or maybe um on Kindle, because maybe not everybody might not do the physical copy. I still like to underline my stuff in, in some of the books that I that I read. What is something that you hope that people can take away that might not seem clear? It's not just the 28-day journey, but what else that what is one other thing that you hope people can gain from this experience? Well, I hope that they can gain a little sense of satisfaction and pride that they can do it. I think that a lot of times we beat ourselves up about the things we can't do. Oh, I'm not a prayer warrior. You know, oh, I'm not consistent. Oh, I'm not able to develop good habits. And you can, you can. And so even bigger than this 28-day journey with prayer is that you finish it and go, "I, I did this. Like even for more than 21 days, like I did this. And that there's a sense of that I can shift even the most important things in my life to be the person that I didn't think I was when I commit to it. And so I just was trying to provide helps to make the commitment easy every day. Um, And then to hope that you're addicted to prayer, that by the time you're done, you're like, oh my gosh, like he he actually answered that. Oh my goodness. Like I actually did feel the peace of God, you know, just to be pervasively engaged in my, in my inner self. Oh my goodness. I do realize what it now is to walk in complete and utter fellowship with God, because I'm constantly now intentionally being aware of his presence and how I've offended him. That at the end of this, you're proud that you developed a habit, but that you also are transformed because now you're addicted to talking to God, which is a game changer. Oh, that is awesome. Now, and as you asked, you mentioned, and I've this now prompted another question, do you keep track of your prayers and the, the prayers that have been answered? And do you ever make time to like go back over them and just say, look at how, look at how God be showing up in, in my life? Yeah. Well, you know, um, and that's why we put lots of lines in this book for to encourage people who are not journalers to have a place to do it. But for me, the best place for me to look at them is in my journal. So along with my journal, I try to add my prayer requests uh, because that's just the natural place for me to put it instead of having a whole separate thing. So I just put them in there. And then, you know, when I open my journal, then I go back and just look at what I've prayed for. But I've heard a lot of people that put the stickies on their wall, you know, from the War Room movie, you know, Fervent, um, that that's up in front of them um, because I'm always looking at my journal. That's an easy way for it to be in front of me. I've heard of people putting them on three by five cards and just keep them on a rubber band in their purse. Um, I've heard of people keeping them on their phone and it's a reminder every day that comes up, you know, prayer requests and they just keep a list. I think it's whatever you're going to look at. Because if you put it down wherever and you're not going to look again, you will never know how God has been good to you. But if you pray about it and write it down, then you'll see, or or put it, you know, t- type it in, then you'll see. So where is a place that you're going to see it? And then when he answers, if you write it with lipstick on your mirror, when he answers, then you need to solidify the moment. 
by writing it down somewhere, whether it's in a journal or even if you just, I mean, super simple things. I mean, you could just write answered prayers down on a piece of paper or put it on a sheet on your computer every time a prayer is answered. And then one day, take that out and frame it. So you can be reminded of how God has shown up. Um, we are forgetful, pe- forgetful people. That's what the story of the Israelites tell us. We are like sheep who are constantly going astray and we need to be reminded. There's no shame in that. When God in Deuteronomy said, hide the word of God in your heart, he said, put it on your foreheads, put it around your neck, neck, tie it around your wrist. Do something, no matter what, just do something so that you don't forget. And that's what I would say. Put your journal, your prayer requests in a place, whether it's a journal or on the bathroom mirror, where you will see them, remember to keep praying, and then when he answers, make a note. That is awesome. That is so good. I want to say thank you for um, for that and that like technical, t- tangible rather I should say, uh, practical way to, um, mm-hmm. to to engage with our prayers and and track where we've been, where we come from. Because I I know I looked at, at some of my journals from uh, like even just last year, and I'm like, whoo, this was a dark, this was a dark season. Look at how look at how far God has brought me since then. Um, if there are, is there, how can people get in touch with you? And this is now I will say this. I'm, I also have a few, uh, how she elevates questions. So this is not the last question. So as mm-hmm. we're listening, don't, everyone don't start tuning out yet. This is just the beginning towards the end. Um, how can people get in touch with you? You have so many different forms of amazing content. And I have all of these questions about how you do that, but that is for a different conversation for another day. But where can people get in touch with you, Crystal? Uh, the easiest thing is crystalevanshurst.com. Um, you can find everything there. My social media, if that's your first choice of how to find me, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at crystalhurst. But by coming to my website, you can get on my email list. And I think there's always a freebie on the front page um, and find out more about all the things that I do. Yes. Thank you so much. And you need to listen to Crystal's podcast, Crystal's Chronicles. It is such a good show. It's such a good podcast. She has so many great conversations and solo episodes. And um, and her website is awesome. I'm on her email list. Check her out on Instagram and YouTube. So she's all over the place doing amazing things and pouring so much into people. So thank you for that. Um, so as we, as we go into the how she elevates question round, the first question is, what is a favorite quote or scripture that you'd like to share or both with the audience? My favorite scripture is Jeremiah 29, 11, where I know the plans that I have for you, saith the Lord, they're plans for, to prosper you and they're not for your demise. Um, it's just a prayer, uh, a verse that my mother spoke over me in many different ways over the years, and now I own it. Thank you. Now, what is one book that you have read recently that has impacted the way you approach your faith or your personal or professional development? I'm looking up at the list of books on my shelf. Um, you know, I, I, I have read a lot of books, um, but my favorite book to talk about is Getting Things Done by David Allen, because it's a mindset of, it's a way of thinking, and it talks about a way of thinking so that you can get things done. And that has really influenced me from a productivity standpoint. Okay. That's a, that's a really, really good one. And that has helped me a lot as well. And last, but certainly not least, if someone asked you, how does Crystal do it? What is one value or habit that you could share that gives insight into your success? Well, I think that, you know, this is one I have to remind myself of because I know it, but I don't always do it. And my list, I mean, I can show you my list. My list is very, very long and we use Asana as a team and my uh, project board is very, very full. But to every day, I do two things. One is, and I shouldn't say every day, but every day I know to do two things. I'm to wake up and I ask the Lord, what do you have on your plate for me today? Because I know my plate is full. 
But what do I need to make room for? Who do I need to talk to today that you know I'm going to run into that I need to have the bandwidth for? Give, give me the space in my soul, God, to know what I need to do because you ultimately know what needs to be done. The second thing is on the big list of things, I try to orient myself towards the three most important that if these three things don't get done today, I'm in trouble. Because the list, I can get to other things, but I tend to, and most of us do, that's where a book called uh, Eat That Frog by Brian Tracy comes into effect where we want to do the easy things first, you know, but really life is lived in getting the hard things out of the way and prioritizing them. And then if you get the big rocks out of the way, there's usually plenty of extra room for small ones to fit into. Absolutely. That is such a gem. Thank you so very much. And just a quick note here, if you are listening to this before September 1st, 2020, then you should go ahead and pre-order the 28-Day Prayer Journey by Crystal Evans Hurst. And if you're listening to it after that, you should order the book. But I want to encourage people to pre-order because what pre-ordering does is make sure that all of the book retailers as well as the publishers know how much to print. Um, It's a great indication that helps um, authors um, to make sure that when their book comes out that there's enough (laughs) because that's a problem that we run into a lot is that that there's not enough. And so what it does guarantees, particularly right now, since everything is pretty much online, is that when the book comes out, you'll have your copy. And then long after you may have listened to this conversation and forgotten it, you wanted when you heard this interview, it shows up in the mail. So I would encourage you to go wherever you want to, Amazon, Target, Barnes and Nobles, and grab the book. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here today. And I cannot wait for other people to hear this conversation, to get this book in their hands. And I appreciate you. And thank you again, Crystal. Thank you for having me. So there were so many gems in that conversation. I will not highlight all of them, but one of the things that I really took away was the importance of asking, right? If the God, and this is a quote that she said, the God of the universe has made it possible to have conversations with him. Why would we not take him up on the opportunity? And when she started talking about trust and how we treat God like God is people and therefore have trust issues with him as though he has treated us the way people have treated us, I was like, all right, here you go speaking directly to me. So I really hope that this encourages you. I hope that you take this opportunity to re-examine your prayer life, to enhance it. I will tell you, being able to walk through this reimagined for me, what prayer can feel like and be like. It was so much more of a dialogue and conversation in, in, in a varied way with the prompts and the ways to think through it at multiple different points in the day. And it was really awesome to be able to do that. And so I encourage you to order the 28-day prayer journey by Crystal Evans Hurst and look out for an invitation to be able to participate in us walking through the prayer journey together as a community. If you are not already a part of the, the community, you should text, how does she do it as one word to 33777. I have so many things that, that I want to talk about and share, but I have been intentionally kind of sitting and praying and thinking through what I want to, you know, be able to offer about this particular season of my life, things that are going on in the world still as of this recording, we, you know, were a, the world unfortunately witnessed more video documentation of yet two more black men being killed by police. And so, um, you know, there's a lot of work to do. There's a lot to pray for. There's a lot to pray about. So I want you to stay encouraged to know that you are in my prayers. You are in my thoughts. And that as my summer break comes to an end, we look forward to really getting connected and reconnecting 
over some really great content as the fall approaches. And if you want to connect with me on social, I am at Tiff South. That's Tiff with two F's on the Instagram and the Twitters. And until next time, be blessed and be a blessing. Peace.